war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to the John DePetro Show. President Biden, the problem with inflation, problem with inflation is um, certainly seemingly not going away. And again, right now it's 107 on this Tuesday. On this Tuesday, it is May 10th. And you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Uh, not only is inflation not going away, but it, it, it seems it. You know, everything we're hearing is that it, it's actually seemingly going to get worse. So, but I also, I just want to mention this. I just saw this come across. Um, let's see. Tom Brady. I did uh, put out earlier, police and war confirmed a robbery this morning at the Harbor One Bank on Post Road. Suspects passed employees a note demanding money made off undisclosed amount of cash. So that's interesting. And they had a school in lockdown. Tom Brady is going to get, he, 22 years playing football, he's earned $333 million. He has a TV deal with Fox waiting for him. 10-year deal, $375 million. $375 million, 10-year deal. Monster deal with Fox Sports, which, by the way, that also means Tony Romo is now about to get a huge payday. So that's how much Fox has already offered when he retires. Ten years, $375 million, Largest contract sports casting history. It's double both Tony Romo and Troy Aikman in average annual salary of $18 million per season. Double that. Fox Sports declined comment when asked what Brady would be paid for the games. After losing Joe Buck and Aikman to ESPN, Fox wanted to make a splash. Buck, $15.5 million. Aikman, $18 million. Will make a combined $33 million. Brady will make $37.5 million per year. And he's going to team with Kevin Burhardt. Besides being Fox Sports' number one game analyst, he'll be a company ambassador, help sponsorships, promotional activities. In the meantime, Fox still has to find a number one game analyst for this year. Maybe for a few more seasons, by the way. Um, uh, Greg Olson right now is the leading candidate to take over. The network had thought about NBC's Drew Brees, but with the Brady signing, that may not be an option anymore. In bringing in Brady, Fox surely made the NFL happy. The NFL just did deals with Fox, ESPN, CBS, NBC, Amazon, $110 billion that will extend into 2030. The pressure of the NFL, 75 of the top 100 shows is what's driving the price up. Before the new contracts were signed, ESPN tried to lure Romo from CBS. It resulted in Romo signing 10-year, $180 million contract. From there, ESPN brought in Peyton and Eli Manning, with Peyton believed to be earning more per year than Romo, though no num- number was announced. The Mannings only do 10 games a year. This offseason, the shakeout continued with Amazon's arrival. First, it signed Al Michaels as its play-by-play uh, before pursuing Aikman as the color man. After Aikman went to ESPN, Amazon was going to offer Sean McVay, $20 million a year to call the games, but he stayed on the sidelines. Instead, Michaels will be teamed with ESPN college analyst uh, Kirk. I, I think that guy's pretty good. So what this means is this left Fox Sports with a chair to fill. So in this case, there's no really telling when Brady, who's going to be 45, will stop playing. When he does, he will be Fox Sports' lead game analyst at $40 million a year. I mean, it's just... This is this just exploding now. I didn't think he was going to go to the booth, but I also didn't think that they were going to pay anything like that. So, all right, let's hear. This is Biden. The strength that we've built is in inflation. I'm not sure exactly what that means. 
Um, let's hear this. Here we go. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we built is inflation. So the Does that make sense to anyone? The strength we've built is in inflation. Folks, that is President of the United States. President of the United States. The strength we've built is in inflation. I'm not sure he meant that. Joe Biden announces he can taste the American people's anger over inflation. Frustrated by high prices by gridlock in Congress. He can taste our frustration. All right, Jen Psaki gets upset. Pete Ducey's claim. We've seen violence unfolding around the doxing of the Supreme Court. Oh, it's another Fox reporter. Justices, I want to hear this. She gets upset about this. What? to condemn the leak of the Supreme Court draft opinion or the doxing of the justices now that we've seen violence unfold? Well, I would say that we have been clear, and the president's position has long been, that we should not see protest that takes the form of violence, that takes the form of vandalism, um, and that threatens anyone. Um, That has long been his position for his entire uh, career and continues to be his position. And for tomorrow, um, your office released that. But can I say one more thing? Sorry. We have not seen violence uh, or vandalism against Supreme Court justices. We have seen it at Catholic churches. That's unacceptable. The president does not support that. We have seen it at some conservative organizations that we don't support that. And we certainly call for, we know the passion, we understand the passion, we understand the concern. But what the president's position is, is that that should be peaceful, the protest. But continue. Really vandalizing outside the uh, justices' homes, uh, drawing uh, coat hangers into the sidewalk and into the street and um yeah um sure seems to be that way sure seems to be that way as long as it's peaceful they can have all these these uh people I can't contend. The, the, the whole social media is but Tom Brady set to make more as a broadcaster than his entire NFL career 332 million, 22 years playing, 375, 10 years off the field. All right, let's see. Um, let's go into this is a former Republican National Committee Chairman Michael Steele on MSNBC with uh, Joy Reid. You know, people keep saying that Joy Reid is going to be canceled. I haven't seen her canceled yet. You go back and you read, you know, the Old Testament of the Bible, or, or, you know, which is the same as, you know, reading um, the Jewish Bible, the Torah, you know, these traditions, all the Abrahamic traditions, they all share books, they share Abrahamic uh, storylines and characters and and et cetera. The idea of a handmaid is in there. So, you know, when Margaret Atwood wrote this book, it, it, she didn't take it out of whole cloth. She took it from old biblical stories. And the idea that, you know, the, the, the woman who was barren, you know, this was an agrarian society, 1600 to 900 B.C., where being, quote, unquote, barren, they always ascribed it to the woman. They never ascribed it to the man until very recently. Um, was horrible. It was sort of a curse from God. And so you would take your handmaid, your servant. In, in those cases, and then they would have the baby. This is not a consensual situation. This is a servant. I feel like trying to ground American law in that kind of, not even New Testament Christianity, oh but Old Testament Christianity, that is a frightening start. Wow. And you don't, it doesn't end with just abortion. You now have uh, Mississippi Tate Reeves, the governor there, on the State of the Union, sort of, ah, you know, we may, maybe Actually, I'm trying to ban Plan B and IUDs, that may be next because a lot of these same people, those things are abortifacients. Marsha Blackburn opposing the Griswold decision. That's the one about contraception. So they're saying that's also wrongly decided. You have this guy in Arizona, Blake Masters, Tucson-based venture capitalist. He's Peter Thiel's guy. He says, oh, no. Oh, yeah, we want to go further. We want to overturn Griswold. That's the plan. That's the uh, contraception one. Mitch McConnell saying national ban abortion, entirely possible. This is the definition, Michael, of a slippery slope, is it not? Wow. 
It is um, on a number of levels. And to your first point, it is it is much more difficult to reconcile this this emerging uh, theocracy uh, within this, you know, uh, conservative evangelical slash political space against the New Testament. Uh, story against a New He's Testament background um, because it doesn't align. The, the 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 New Testament narrative is very different, where the the Christ uh, embraced everyone. So the the prostitute, the sinner, the the tax collector was a yes. representation of all those great sins that were Actually condemned in the this. Old Testament. Um, Christ talked about the fixation. Of the rule and and the order um, to the to the extent that it ignored the person, uh, and that's exactly what we see now emerging in this space. Um, and as someone who is pro life, have always had a problem with the ignoring of the human person part of this. Yeah. Um, you you and this idea that it's a zero sum um, situation, particularly in the draconian laws that you're seeing now. Uh, that say we won't even... You know, the fact that they are even discussing this on cable television, folks. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by It's My Health. Now, right now, it's 118, 118 on this Tuesday, and Marie is open. You could pop in and see her at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. She has... Uh, everything to keep you and your family healthy, right across, diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant, It's My Health in that historic white church, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products, ice honey, maple syrup, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. She also has a beautiful selection on teas. Pop it and see her. It's Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Well, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, as always, visit our website, depetro.com, which is brought by Surplus Provisions. Pop in and see them, Tanya and Frank. They are one mile from Garden City. Look for them on Facebook. Quality military surplus, tactical gear, everything you need to stay safe. This incredible store, Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. I want to play... Um, Channel 12, the Brady thing has just really exploded uh, everything. Uh, um, the Brady <laughs> TV deal has absolutely exploded. And if you're the, the big winner here is going to be all the other, you know, now CBS is going to have to redo the Tony Romo deal. And Tony Romo's getting 18 million. Brady's going to get 37 million. Tony Romo's in for a. Uh, in for a pay raise. That's the way it works. All right, I want to play Channel 12. Joe Fleming did a, a piece on a look at the CD2 race. I want to uh, play this. Here we go. Headquarters for the first time in more than a decade. Rhode Islanders are going to be sending a new lawmaker to Washington. Currently, there are two Republicans in the race to replace retiring Congressman Jim Langevin, Alan Fung, and Robert Lancia. But there are seven Democrats, Seth Magaziner, Omar Ba, Joy Fox, Sarah Morgenthau, Cameron Moquin, Michael Neary, and David Siegel. And with so much of the country's attention focused on the economy, members Neary. of one party are hoping they could score an upset in the race for this coveted congressional seat. Just about four months to go now until primary election day, and the campaign for the second congressional district race is really just starting to take shape. With seven Democrats and two Republicans in the running, it's still anyone's game. Our political analyst Joe Fleming says an early indicator of how the race could shape up lies in the campaign war chests. What if it's a meat on the bones? So I think you're going to see the candidates doing that, and that takes money. And that's the advantage that Seth Magazine has right now and Alan Fung has right now for the two primaries. Historically, the first congressional district in Rhode Island is a Democratic stronghold. However... For CD2, only leans Democrat, with CD1 as a strong Democratic district. So Republicans would have a chance in the general election, CD2, with a strong candidate. Right now, you have Alan Fung, who people perceive as the strong candidate for the Republicans. 
All signs are pointing to a challenging midterm election for President Biden and the Democrats. A new NPR Marist poll offers some fresh evidence, with more than 47% of registered voters surveyed indicating that they're more likely to vote for the Republican in their district. And in this survey, independents, a critical swing group, said that they favor Republicans by seven points. People are looking at their pocketbooks and they're saying, we have the Democrats controlling Congress and our pocketbooks, we're getting less for our money, gas prices are out of control, and we need to do something. So people may be open to voting for a Republican where they normally may not. So I think that's an advantage the Republicans do have in Rhode Island at this point. With four months to go, Fleming says some of the candidates in this crowded field have low voter name recognition, although he expects that to change quickly, with paid media spots popping up on the airwaves likely by late spring or early summer. That is something you need your message across and you get voters to know you. It's just saying you walk down the streets one thing, but they want to know a little bit more about you. Fleming also pointed out it's possible some of the candidates may opt out before the official filing date in June or before the primary itself. One thing is certain, Democrats hoping to maintain their House majority know they're going to have to work hard to defend their seats, with Republicans working hard to flip as many seats as they can during the midterms. If the Republicans see an opportunity, if they see polling numbers to show the Republican has a chance in CD2. I think we'll see money coming in. We'll see outside groups coming in to support the Republican candidate to try to flip it. And it's already a pretty pricey campaign here with candidates in total raising more than $3 million, preparing to start a flurry of advertising in the next few weeks to really get their campaign messages out to the masses. Now, folks, the thing about that, and again, good afternoon at 123. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, I have no idea what's going on with the Bob Lancia campaign. He is so quiet. He does not respond to media. Uh, and not just me. You don't see him doing interviews anywhere. Um, uh, it, it, it's just, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what's, I, I just don't know what's happening with that that campaign. Um, and, and the media certainly is covering Fung much more. Um, you know, and treating him. So I, I don't know what to make of the Bob Lancia uh, situation. Just because I, I'm not sure. I don't know why he's not more vocal. Unless he, he you know, he may feel fully comfortable with the position he's in right now. But I would think it would behoove Bob Lancia to be more visible and be out there more unless I, I don't unless he has a different strategy. If he feels he can get across the finish line, uh kind of like under the radar. Maybe that's what he's doing. Oh, this could be like a sneak attack. Um hmm. Boy, this is amazing. One America admits no widespread voter fraud after settling lawsuits. That's not good. You know, that that comes into play. I, I as I said, I don't understand these individuals that that put out the movie 2000 Mules, because just as they're going along, then they. They go a bridge too far and put in some stuff that they can't back up. And that's exactly what the media is waiting for. All right, I want to go to The View. Sonny Hostin, a black Republican, is an oxymoron. Um, Senator Tim Scott spoke out about this. I want to, uh, here's what it sounded like on The View. Okay, but I, I know this may be a novel point, a, a novel idea for somebody who's, you know, a supporter of Trump. But there are people who are capable of being related and not having any things that I don't stand by that Trump mm-hmm. did. Trump has done things that are racist. I'm a black woman first, so always understand that. Mm-hmm. But I do say that I have many conservative values that I will talk to you about. And so if you look at your network you that you're Republican? standing behind, yes, and when you look at your network that you're standing behind, you're saying that you look at Chris Cuomo. I feel like that's an oxymoron, a black Republican. You feel oh, like it's an oxymoron. I do. Why? Your friend right here is a Republican. 
We had this conversation. We had you do. Yeah. You say you feel like it's oxymoron that you're Catholic, but you also are pro-life. I, I don't understand either. No, you, you don't understand yourself. Then you have, you have disagreements. I understand myself. I don't understand I, either of this. But it's not a personal conversation. Yeah. We're going. I don't like we're, I we're don't. having a personal conversation about about CNN. I, I don't understand and how black can get leaves, and I don't understand Latino Republicans. Well, here's what I have. Well, here's the tie. This is not about me, and it's not about you. It's about celebrating Karen Jean Pierre. And I think we should. We can agree on. Now, that line that Sonny Hostin, uh, black Republicans, an oxymoron. So Tim Scott said, over the course of my time in politics, the far left has called me a prop, a token, uncle, Uncle Tim, because I'm a black Republican. This type of divisive behavior is not what America is all about. And it will not uh, stop me from speaking the truth. So... um, I don't let me uh, here's uh, President Biden for this morning. Do you take any responsibility for the inflation in the country? He's back to the whispering. Do you take any responsibility for your policies? I think our policies help, not hurt. <laughs> help. Help. Wow. Hmm. How about the mayor of Chicago declares cold arms against the Supreme Court? Boy, that sounds like dangerous language to me. Let's go. Question. Rick Scott said the most effective thing Joe Biden can do to solve the inflation crisis he created is resign. Biden resigned. That's a good idea. Um, let me uh, hear this. Here we go. You called out Rick Scott a little while ago in your remarks. Earlier today, anticipating your remarks, he said, and I'm just quoting here, that uh, the best thing, most effective thing Joe Biden can do to solve the inflation crisis he created is resign. He's the problem. Resign. The senator added later. The senator added later. Joe Biden is unwell. He's unfit for office. He's incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. These are his words. Offering a chance to respond. I think the man is a problem. Wow. All right. I want to pull up Rick Scott saying that. Whew. Well, at least they. How they asked that. Let me find that. Where did he say that? Oh, Florida Senator Rick Scott's website. Check out his plan. Raises taxes for people making less than 100000 a year. Um, Senator Rick Scott. He's the one that apparently um, said that. U.S. Senator in Florida. Rick Scott says Biden is unwell, should resign. Oh, and that has to do because he was saying... You know, that, um, well, it's part of it for him saying that the whole MAGA crowd is the most dangerous. Um, he's, President Biden said that he's from Florida. No, excuse me, Wisconsin. He's actually from Florida. Let me hear this. Here we go. What's the congressional Republican plan? They don't want to solve inflation by lowering your costs. They want to solve it by raising your taxes and lowering your income. I happen to think it's a good thing when American families have a little more money in their pockets at the end of the month. But the Republicans in Congress don't seem to think so. Their plan has actually made working families going to make working families poorer. You don't have to take my word for it. It's in writing. They've made their intentions perfectly clear. Senator Rick Scott, Wisconsin, a member of the Senate Republican leadership, laid it all out. He's actually from Florida. Wow. Whew. Um, the most effective thing Biden can do to solve inflation is resign. I think the man has a problem. I want to hear the the um, sound of that, actually. Folks, good afternoon at 1.30. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I think I can... Well, they're asking Biden about it, but where did Scott say it? Um, I think I have it. Well, he's saying what a lot of people have thought. I want to remind people, though, if he resigns, remember who becomes president. Don't forget that. Senator Rick Scott from Wisconsin. Oh, boy. He's actually from Florida. He should know that. Eee. That's not good. But uh, he, 
is saying what, well, he's saying what a lot of people are thinking, I think. I think that's what it comes down to. Let me see if I have the sound of this. Scott called Biden incoherent, incapacitated, and confused. Senator Rick Scott Tuesday called on President Biden to resign, alleging that Biden is mentally unfit to carry out his duties as president. The most effective thing Joe Biden can do to solve the inflation crisis he created is resign. He's the problem, Scott, said Tuesday ahead of Biden. Wow. I mean, that is pretty severe. But again, you know, I think it's the ultimate careful what you wish for. Because remember then, who becomes the president should that happen? It's, um, Gina Raimondo, my hands are very tight here at a recent hearing on Capitol Hill. I'm required by statute to investigate the clean companies operating in countries trying to circumvent the duties. Solar energy projects are grinding to a halt in the U.S. amid investigation into parts from China. I heard that being discussed a little bit earlier. This situation, listen, I think we all agree. Wow, listen to this. Holy, CVS Health and other big farm chains. A lawyer for two Ohio counties said CVS should pay $878 million to fund opioid treatment plans. Wow, that's just two counties. Whew. Wow. That is something that's going to follow this Helena folks without question. And it, and it should, by the way. It should follow her. So um, she, she's going to have to answer to that in a, in a big way. I don't know where that's going to. I'm just not sure where that's going to go. Or what's the, how much did they, did they end up having to give out on that? Boy, that's a that's pretty that's pretty heavy. We'll go into that. Um, oh, there's the guy that stole Warwick Pd is a robbery suspect. Hmm. I have a photo of him. Somebody will recognize him. He's taking some hands full of cash. Uh. I want to touch on, this is Meet the Press, folks. This is a big primary to watch coming up a week from today. Dr. Raz primary for the Republican Senate in Pennsylvania. So you get an idea, uh, obviously, of of what's resonating. Who's resonating the best in this Republican primary out there? I, I think of Beaver County. I know that's Trump country. Who's playing best in Beaver County? Well, it really comes down to celebrity versus sincerity. So Oz obviously has the celebrity factor. He's got the wow. People know him. They know his name uh, from the years of being on television. But I got to tell you, coming out of the debate, the one person that a lot of people were saying, hey, let me take another look at was actually Kathy Barnett. And you have actually seen her numbers rise <laughs> since the debate. And the reason why I think is because she comes across as more sincere. Yeah. So if you are looking for the America First candidate, a lot of people are taking another look at her because she doesn't just sort of speak the talking points. You really get the sense that she lives them, that she has a history, that she has believed and has held these beliefs for for a while. With McCormick and Oz, it's a little bit of a head scratcher because you're like, well, maybe this is what they really believe, but maybe it's not, especially when you see the attack ads. And the other thing, too, is Catherine Barnett, if you look at just the amount of money spent in this race, she has spent nowhere near the amount of money that McCormick and Oz has spent, yet she is resonating. And I think it's because she's doing very much a grassroots, 1,500 miles traveling across the state. And people see her as sincere and they see her as authentic. You know, I um, I don't know if she can win the general. The lieutenant governor in that race is, um, the lieutenant governor is the Democrat. Federer, he's very, very strong. But that is... Um, that is certainly one to watch, that race. Only be I, I think, I believe that President Trump made a mistake with his endorsement of Dr. Oz. I think he was certainly looking ahead at the 
general election, the general election. But the whole question is that that woman could pull it out of the primary. Here's uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, this Department of Homeland Security Disinformation Bureau. And most recently having the federal government set up a disinformation bureau in the Department of Homeland Security is wrong. What they are doing to try to stifle dissent, to try to elevate a chosen political narrative that's endorsed by the regime and to try to marginalize dissenters is not what a free society is all about. And what they will use that for, I believe, is to feed the social media platforms with what they want to be censored and not want to be censored. You know, he is right now really peaking. Um, He needs to get reelected. You're going to start to see him a lot more. The governor of Florida, Florida, Ron DeSantis. Um, that is someone to watch that, that campaign in Philadelphia, I, that woman might be able to pull it off. I think it's Kathy Barnett, but Oz was booed. Oz was booed at the Trump rally on Friday night. Let me hear this. Chuck Todd uh, did this as well. This David McCormick, he has a lot of support. He could be leading. But meet at all. You didn't hear about any of the primary. I want to hear about this. This morning, what was interesting, I was at a campaign event uh, where McCormick stopped to talk to me for a few minutes. The event itself was about the need for better trained workers. And didn't hear much red meat at all. You didn't hear about any of the primary, all the silly Trump stuff. But then when I asked him how he planned to win the nomination without Trump's endorsement, well, this is all he had to say. For what it's worth, we had a robust conversation about whether immigration or they needed to do a labor workforce here in northeastern Pennsylvania. That was uh, some substance there. After that, though. Terrible answer. Terrible answer. Just say I'm confident that when I win, that he's going to back me. Um, there are some primaries today as well. Folks, good afternoon at 139. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So the local Democrats are going after the Republican challenger, Ashley Kalis, because... They're trying to raise money because she said she admires Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The Rhode Island Democrat Party said DeSantis is a a champ. Ron DeSantis champions voter suppression and anti-choice legislation. He's actively hostile towards the rights of the LGBTQ community. And he's a fascist. This is the person that she looks up to. This is the type of governor Kalis would be. Kalis won't turn Rhode Island into Florida because we won't let her. There's a lot of people that don't want that. You know, they just did her a favor. Turn Florida, Rhode Island into Florida. Did they really send it? Yeah, they did send that out. Huh. Folks, you know what else? How about the fact Rhode Island revenues set to come in $580 million above forecast over two years? Does it ever occur to them to cut taxes? Does it ever occur to them to cut taxes? Let me just see. Uh, This is for Flax. A tweet isn't a phone call to a reporter building a relationship. A tweet isn't even a press release. This constant pernicious idea that tweets equal action has made a new generation of political operatives remarkably less good at their jobs. This person tweeted, we need to get to the point where we stop equating tweeting with activism. One person put, since the Roe decision was leaked, Joe Biden has sent one tweet about abortion rights and four tweets about reducing the deficit. Make it make sense. <laughs> um, I posted on Facebook the bank robber in Warwick. It's usually someone from out of town. They scouted out, they find it. It's a heavy set guy. Went and uh, they show him like grabbing the money. 
Boy, Biden, though, he he is he cannot. Elon Musk said he would lift Twitter ban on Donald Trump after the deal closes. Good. Good. That's all positive. Um, here's President Biden pushes back. Take responsibility for inflation. Our policies have helped, not hurt. A tough problem to solve. Said President Biden. Your I think our policies help, not hurt. Think about what they say. A vast majority of the of the uh, uh, of the economists think that this is going to be a real tough problem to solve, but it's not because of spending. We brought down the deficit. The bottom line is how much. Does America owe? How much in the hole are we going? We're reducing that. Um, He was struggling with a lot of the questions. Folks, the inflation thing is not going to go away. Musk said he would reverse Twitter's ban on Trump. Hmm. Um, I'm glad. The uh, Warwick PD... Someone's going to be able to identify this guy. He he uh, he has a bare face as he's robbing the bank in Warwick. Boy, the things that are just rocketing today are the Tom Brady deal. He's going to make more as a sports broadcaster than that he made in football. And Elon Musk is saying that he will unban President Trump. From Twitter, if in fact, uh, once the deal closes, once the deal closes. So, I thought um, I thought Bill Maher had a good take on that whole thing on his program, saying how you know put it out there and then let people people should be able to determine what's true and what's not true. I don't know. I think there are a lot of people that are very confused and a lot of people um, that they 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 do believe a lot of this. There's a lot of fake information out there. That's the only thing. And there are people making money off it. But a lot of times they are then held accountable. They are held accountable for it. So I, I think, you know, it could be flagged. But I, I've never liked the ban on President Trump. He should not be in it. You know, what both the the social media platforms, never mind, they're, they're all down. I think what they find is someone like that, President Trump brought a lot of people into the, you know, whatever you want to call it, Twitter universe, so to speak, um, by being part of it. And the same thing with Facebook, as a matter of fact. So now this is interesting. A man suspected of breaking up Providence Homes last week was held. Um, they're saying he's not tied in with the sexual assaults or the rapes. So I don't know what to make of that. But he is being held, I believe. All right. Here are some headlines. The bubble bursting. Consumer debt sets record. of Bitcoin investors are underwater. Crypto fad fades. Amazon has lost all of its gains from the pandemic. Gas prices hit all-time high. Summer travel faces new hurdle, inflation. Skipping meals, racking up debt, parents are squeezed. Prices going up so fast, restaurants using stickers on menu. Troubles. Netflix tells employees ads may appear end of year. Oh, wow. Well, that's not why I have Netflix. Hmm. Not supposed to have ads. El Salvador's Bitcoin losses swelled to 28%. I I would... Wow. One American admits no widespread voter fraud after settling defamation suit. I don't know what to make of that outfit. Um, the right-wing cable network, One America, ran a pre-recorded 30-second.
second segment saying there was no widespread voter fraud by Georgia election workers. Appears to be part of a recent settlement brought against the network by two such workers. Wow. I'm going to play that. Um, The problem is someone could say freedom of speech. Yeah, but then these idiots start attacking them. The segment notes an investigation by state officials unsubstantiated claims of widespread voter fraud. By by ex-president Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani turned up nothing. The results of this investigation indicate Ruby Freeman and Wanda Moss did not engage in ballot fraud or criminal misconduct. A legal matter with the network and two election workers have been resolved. Freeman and her daughter said they were harassed online in person. Baseless rumors began circulating. Due in part to content published by the conspiracy website, the, the Gateway Pundit, which the pair also sued. Good. See, I don't have a problem people sue that. They're also the ones that were saying that Ukraine had uh, bioweapons labs on the border with Russia. I'll never forget one of our listeners sending that to me, the Gateway Pundit. It's all BS. Um, In January 2021, when Trump pressured Georgia Secretary of State Brad Rassenberger, find some votes. He mentioned Freeman's name 18 times. Freeman was also visited by a publicist for Kanye West, who threatened her (laughs) in an effort to extract a confession about committing election fraud. If that weren't enough, video of the pair doing the justice was hyped up by Giuliani and Sean Hannity. I didn't know about that. Who falsely claimed it showed blatant, clear, obvious fraud. While speaking to Georgia State House Republicans about the video during a Zoom meeting, Giuliani at one point could be heard saying, we should try to get this on Newsmax and One America. Freeman and Moss sued Giuliani as well, and the case is going. I want to play, um, I want to just play a... The One America, um, I, I think I can find it, where they're basically admitting that it was wrong. I like Putin and his blankie, health rumors swirl. Boy, he was sitting with a blanket at the outdoor per, uh, parade or, yeah, the, whatever the celebration they have. Let me find the uh, One America segment. That's not good. Uh, they ran, runs pre-recorded 30-second segment. There was no widespread voter fraud by Georgia elections. Now, listen, I also understand there are people that still won't believe it. There are people that are still, no, I don't, oh, here we go. They had to run this on air, acknowledge they had a settlement. Here we go. I do have it. All right. With this updated report from Georgia officials. Take a listen. Georgia officials have concluded that there was no widespread voter fraud by election workers who counted ballots at the State Farm Arena in November 2020. The results of this investigation indicate that Ruby Freeman and Wandria Shea Moss did not engage in ballot fraud or criminal misconduct while working at State Farm Arena on election night. A legal matter with this network and the two election workers has been resolved to the mutual satisfaction of the parties through a fair and reasonable settlement. Now that's not good. That is not good for One America. I, I don't, uh, I'm actually not a fan of them. I know some people watch them. Boy, that gateway pundit, the, the, the nonsense that they push out. Bad. Huh. I'm glad that the White House was being asked about all of those protesters out in front of the homes of the justices. That is mob rule. That is mob rule. That is, it's it's mob rule through intimidation. That's what it is, period. Um. I like that Biden, though. The number one strength, the strength we've built is inflation. I, I don't, he he is just really failing very quickly, as a matter of fact. Um, and that's off a teleprompter. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the thing. All he has to do is read it. All right, here's, this is President Biden. 
I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the, when the price of gas or food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table. I, went, uh, I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously and it's my top domestic priority. And I'm here today to talk about solutions. And there's going to be more we're going to have to talk about as well. But first, I want us to be crystal clear about the problem. There are two leading causes of inflation we're seeing today. The first cause of inflation is a once-in-a-century pandemic. Not only did it shut down our global economy, it threw the supply chains and demand completely out of whack especially in countries where more effective recovery responses uh, uh, weren't available, especially in those sectors that rely on semiconductors. These supply challenges have been further uh, hampered uh, by uh, the onset of Delta and Omicron viruses. And you've all seen it. You've all felt it. And this year we have a second cause, a second cause, Mr. Putin's war in Ukraine. You saw, we saw in March that 60% of inflation that month was due to price increases at the pump for gasoline. Putin's war has raised food prices as well because Ukraine and Russia, two of the world's major breadbaskets for wheat and corn, are essentially completely stalled. Ukraine has 20, 20 million tons of grain in storage and silos right now. We're trying to figure out how to get out of the country into market, which would reduce prices around the world. Normally, normally we'd have already begun to export them into the market, but it's uh, but it hasn't because of Putin's invasion. So we're oh, working with our European partners to get this food out into the world oh. so they could help bring down prices. But it's difficult because, again, of Putin and the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and those two major contributors to inflation are both global in nature. That's why we're seeing historic inflation in countries all over the world. Now, the, the real bottom line, though, folks, and again, good afternoon. Right now it's one fifty three, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. Lunch or dinner. How about that Celtic win last night? Wow. That was a big-time win on the road. Series tied 2-2. Catch all the action at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. And also, this portion of our show is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop in, see our leader, firearms, ammunition, accessories, He's my gun guy, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. If you need to be a little more liquid, the person that can help you with that is John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Maybe right now you're saying, you know, I could use a thousand bucks. Well, maybe you have some firearms. Sell them to John Francis. He's the most knowledgeable. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. We're open right now till six o'clock. Then open till Saturday, Tuesday through Saturday, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. You can find them on Facebook. Firearms, ammunition, accessories. This is where I shop. This is where I send people. My gun guy, competition, shooting supplies, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Well, the bottom line seems to be that President Biden does not have a plan on inflation. I mean, that. I don't think I'm breaking any news I don't think I'm breaking any news on this Tuesday. He doesn't. And for everyone like Senator Rick Scott that says, you know, let's get rid of him. I just want to remind people who's waiting in the wings. So you think it's bad now. What would it be like under President Harris? Biden blames inflation on pandemic in Russia. Said costs are, quote, hurting families. You know what else is hurting families, folks? We are so overtaxed in Rhode Island. You know, I recognize we have a lot of people listening that you listen in Massachusetts. You have, a, you have the most popular governor in the nation. 
whether people like him or not. And Governor Charlie Baker. Oh, wow, that's big. Um, the fact of the matter is, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee is the third least popular governor in the country. Fox News host Sean Hannity endorses Republican Gail Huff Brown in the New Hampshire congressional race. We had Scott Brown on, what, two weeks ago? That's a big endorsement. Wow. Former Boston television reporter Gail Huff Brown, New Hampshire Republican congressional candidate, married to former Ambassador Scott Brown, trumpeting the endorsement she's received from Fox News personality Sean Hannity. Brown confirmed the endorsement Tuesday via Twitter. I'm proud of Sean Hannity's endorsement. Sean chose to support my candidacy. I uh, formally announced her candidacy for Congress in New Hampshire, telling supporters in a campaign video she was deeply concerned about the nation's future. She's among several Republicans vying to challenge Representative Chris Pappas, a Democrat in New Hampshire's first district. Well, step one is to win that primary. And then step two would be to take on that Chris Pappas. But that is a big win. I think we're going to have Gail on at some point. She's running a brilliant race. And uh, and Ambassador Brown, I mean, the guy is just so solid. So we had him on. And um, he was uh, so strong. You know, we're going to talk, I believe, with Dan McGowan tomorrow. He wrote a good piece. Nellie Gorbea and Helena Folks are fighting back and forth right now on abortion. He also wrote that Kat Kerwin uh, isn't seeking re-election, but she apparently has gotten a lot of people to run. So she's going to law school. She's going to take the bar. Um, there's a lot of left-leaning. I, You know, I'm going to repeat what I've said. Providence needs someone to make the city safe to clean it up, that's going to back the police, that's going to get rid of the ATVs, that's going to cut down on crime. Providence needs all those things. Until Providence has those things, Providence is going to continue to have problems. And um, surrounding areas are thriving, and problem Providence is not thriving in any way. Folks, right now it's 159. It's John DePietro on this Monday. Hey, tonight we're going to do a very face uh a very special Facebook Live. If you want an update on the Justice for Olivia case, Olivia Passaretti, young teenager that was killed uh, on New Year's Day. We're going to talk to her mom. Find my Facebook page. We'll post it on the website as well, Dimitro.com. Uh, But that will be tonight at 7. I want you to stay tuned. You're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. And we're going to be doing Facebook Live later tonight, an update on justice for Olivia. It's John DePietro. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Enjoy your Tuesday and stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news.